Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's Saturday the 6th of January. I'm Kira Evans and this was a week that saw preparations begin for a general election. Rising tensions in the wider Middle East. Junior doctors start their longest strike in history and a teen sensation rock the darts. Grab a cup of something hot, put up your feet and get up to speed on the seven biggest stories of the week. This is the standout seven from the small seven. It's news, but not the news. Twenty twenty four started in much the same way twenty twenty three had wrapped up with a row over immigration. Home Secretary James Cleverly was back on the media circuit on Tuesday despite revelations about a distasteful joke about the date rape drug Rohypnol. He did apologise for the remark about his wife but he quickly found himself dragged into a bigger row about immigration numbers. The row began with an announcement on Monday from the Home Office that said 112,000 decisions had been made on asylum applications and that therefore the backlog was cleared. However, 4,500 complex cases have not been resolved and there are also at least 35,000 cases that are referred to as having had non-substantial of decisions. Labour called the claim to have cleared the backlog a barefaced lie and Sky News' Kay Burley wanted to know why the government didn't act sooner. You should have got more case workers earlier, shouldn't you? Well, look, we've seen it worked. So now we know it so works. Yes, it's going to stay in place. And as we process applications in the future, we have now got the larger number of people and a better process. Labour's Darren Jones was warning as an election looms that this won't be the only claim the government makes based on questionable data. I think this is the start of what we're going to see a lot of this year from the Conservatives, which is salami slicing data to try to suit their general election narrative. They've claimed they've reduced these numbers, but 17,000 applicants have gone missing. I mean, what does that even mean? Where are they? And speaking of elections this week, it began to look more likely that we're set for a general election in 2024, as serious manoeuvring gets underway in what feels like the beginning of a political campaign season. Wednesday saw the Reform Party hold a press conference with leader Richard Tice, but without Nigel Farage, who apparently has not as yet decided what role he might play in a general election campaign. Liberal leader Ed Davey was also warming up a campaign slogan, offering a Tory removal service and calling for an early election. Labour Shadow Cabinet Office Minister Nick Thomas-Simmons says ethics and integrity need to be central to government. This government has denigrated the, the sense of public service and we only have to think about what they've done to standards in public life. So what you will find Kia talking about is a, a new ethics and integrity commission to really be properly independent and robust. An indication from Kias for how he is going to restore that integrity to public life. Labour leader Sir Keir Starmer was in Bristol on Thursday making a New Year's speech that was intended to set the tone for 2024. Starmer was focused on just one thing, how Labour would be different and better than the current Tory government. He says he's prepared to fight fire with fire and outlined his new plan to clean up government and reset after 13 years of Tory mismanagement. We need to clean up politics. No more VIP fast lanes. No more kickbacks for colleagues. No more revolving doors between government and the companies they regulate. I will restore standards in public life with a total crackdown on cronyism. 
and with shades of his inaction man label. That stung Rishi Sunak during the autumn. He stepped up his calls for a definite election date as soon as possible. Well, this is a serious issue for the country. If he can't name a date, then effectively he's just squatting in Downing Street, holding the country back with his dithering and delaying. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak appeared to respond directly to the Labour leader's speech on Thursday as he clarified for the first time that we can expect a general election in 2024. Even still, he was refusing to be specific on dates, instead using the announcement to recap on his ongoing to-do list and pledges. My working assumption is we'll have a general election in the second half of this year and in the meantime I've got lots that I want to get on with. With Labour remaining far ahead of the Tories in the polls despite Rishi's numerous new plans and U-turns, it could be an uphill battle for the PM to retain his seat in debt. Street. And with other parties in the mix chipping away at disaffected Tory voters, Rosie Campbell, professor of politics at King's College London, said that the Reform Party posed the greatest danger to the Tories. I think the key thing is that how they're going to divide the Conservative vote, because already they're taking away votes or supporters from, from the Tories in the Red Wall constituencies that they would really dearly like to hang on to. So I think that's going to be the main factor and I think that they can have that impact with or without Nigel Farage. There's been no pause in hostilities in Israel's war on Hamas over the Christmas and New Year period and Tuesday evening saw an Israeli drone strike hit a building in Beirut, killing at least six people including Salah Al-Ahouri and the deputy chief of Hamas and one of the founding members of its military wing. It was a bold move by Israel and risked drawing Hezbollah into the conflict as the strike was not far from their headquarters in Lebanon, although Israel insisted it was a surgical strike and not an attack on Lebanon. Al-Ahouri has been involved in hostage negotiations in Qatar and just recently declared that no more hostages will be released until the IDF stopped conducting airstrikes on Gaza. Israel has made it clear that it will strike Hamas leadership wherever it finds them. An advisor to the Israeli Prime Minister, Mark Regev, says that they have only one focus. This is a time for national unity. We're focusing now on a winning this war. That's the only priority we have today. And every day Israelis are waking up and there are casualties of our soldiers who are fighting in Gaza. Uh, it's a different reality here. We have to win this war against Hamas. That is our priority. The International Court of Justice is set to hold preliminary public hearings next week as it examines South Africa's charge of genocide against Israel. It comes as Israeli ministers were criticised for suggesting that Palestinians should immigrate from Gaza. EU Foreign Policy Chief Joseph Burrell was quick to caution that forced displacement of civilians are strictly forbidden under international law. Meanwhile, the Israeli strike on Lebanon, which saw the killing of the deputy leader of Hamas, drew a warning from Hezbollah leader Hassan Nasrallah that the ongoing conflict will lead to a weakened Israel. And Palestinian political activist Noor Oda says that there could still be more extreme reaction from the Lebanese group. I don't think that we are going to see a full-out war, as some might fear. But I think that this assassination also indicates that Israel is intent on going forward with this plan. The death of the Hamas military chief Salah al-Arori has been welcomed by some, though, including Israeli historian Dr. Yichel M. Liter. Salah al-Arori was a mass murderer, not Mother Teresa. And he was responsible for the deaths of uh, many thousands of people, including the death of my son. And uh, the, the state of Israel has to protect and defend 
its security and its people's security. Tensions continue to rise in the Middle East after a bombing in Iran that killed almost 100 people at a commemorative ceremony on Wednesday. That attack has now been claimed by the Islamic State and the US State Department says it has no reason to doubt their claim. The US did claim credit for an airstrike in Baghdad that killed the leader of a Shia militia who have been attacking US forces in the region. Meanwhile, in the Red Sea, attacks by Yemen's Houthi rebels on shipping lanes have caused serious disruption to international trade. British Foreign Secretary Lord David Cameron was in Kosovo on Thursday, but he had a firm warning for the Houthi forces that further attacks would not go unanswered. The clear message here, and over 10 countries have signed a statement saying to the Houthis, these attacks are unacceptable, they're illegal, and they've got to stop. And if they don't stop, action will be taken. Wednesday saw day one of what could be the longest strike in NHS history as junior doctors picked up their placards and headed back to the picket lines. At the end of the first day, the National Medical Director of the NHS England, Professor Sir Stephen Powis, was warning that the strike's impact could be felt for weeks or months as tens of thousands of appointments and procedures have had to be cancelled. Dr Robert Lawrenson says the junior doctors have no choice and that the government's refusal to restore their pay is hurting patients. Strike action benefits absolutely nobody and we'd much rather be at work. But the fact of the matter is, with year-on-year pay cuts, the government's just driving doctors away. The Health Secretary, Victoria Atkins, didn't exactly win the strikes over when she referred to them as doctors in training before Christmas and the government has refused to even begin any negotiations while the strike is ongoing. Preliminary talks in December didn't reach any agreement, but Atkins says calling off the strikes has to happen first. It's going to have a huge impact on our health system and my ask of the Junior Doctors Committee is to call off these strikes and get back round the negotiating table. Thursday saw day two of the six-day Junior Doctors strike as a row developed over so-called derogation requests which can require junior doctors to return to work in extreme circumstances. About 25 requests have already been made with the BMA rejecting most of them. But Prime Minister Rishi Sunak gave the use of the request his backing, saying the strikes are causing an enormous amount of concern. The government, however, is still refusing to negotiate until the strikes are called off and former Health Secretary Steve Barclay got a bit tetchy about it with Susanna Reid on Good Morning Britain. They've said they want to negotiate and each time they've come into the negotiation room they have refused to shift from their demand for full pay restoration of 35%. Uh, if the strikes are cancelled then right. the Health Secretary is given the commitment so you... to, to sit down as soon as any strikes I, honestly, uh, are cancelled without having that sort of Damocles hanging over those negotiations. Across Christmas and the new year, Russia resumed its wave of brutal air attacks on Ukraine. This week has seen wave after wave of missiles and drones launched, doing damage and causing casualties in cities across Ukraine. The US State Department says some of the long-range ballistic missiles appear to be supplied by North Korea. It appears Russia is trying to exhaust Ukraine's air defences at a time when supplies from the US and Europe have slowed to a crawl. President Zelensky remains defiant, though. Another attack by Russian savages. Almost 100 missiles of various types. At least 70 missiles were shot down. Nearly 60 of them were intercepted in the Kyiv area. Russia will be held accountable for every life lost. There was some good news from the Ukraine on Wednesday as the largest prisoner swap of the war so far was announced. In a deal brokered by the UAE, some 200 prisoners on each side will be returned, including some of those who fought in the siege of the Azovstal steel plant in Mariupol. There's still no sign of movement from the US Congress on any aid for Ukraine and as Russia continues its wave of missile attacks, the home of Ukrainian MP Kira Rudik was struck and partially destroyed. She says it's a living nightmare at the moment. It felt like Armageddon, honestly, because 
because the actually the attack did not stop; it was continuing over and over uh, up until our air defense systems uh, took down all the missiles. You know, right now in Ukraine, when you're going to bed, you have no guarantee that you will wake up at night. Still to come on the stand at seven, a teen dart sensation faces his biggest test and a lucky escape in Japan. Right after this. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back. It's been a tough start for 2024 for Japan. New Year's Day saw an earthquake in the Sea of Japan which caused destruction on the Noto Peninsula and led to shock waves that were felt in Tokyo, which is about 200 miles away. The quake killed more than 60 people and rescuers were frantically working all week to clear the rubble and search for survivors. However, the rush to get assistance to the disaster area led to a shocking incident on the runway of Tokyo's Haneda Airport. Five Coast Guard crew members were killed after an A-Bus A350 collided with their plane loaded with aid on the runway. But it was a miracle that more weren't killed as the Japan Airlines plane burst into flames after the collision. Quick thinking crew safely evacuated all 379 passengers and avoided a second disaster in as many days. Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida expressed his condolences to the family of the Coast Guard crew. It is a very disappointing and saddening situation. I'd like to express my respect towards their sense of duty as well as offer my heartfelt condolences for their losses. Japanese Minister of Land, Infrastructure, Transport and Tourism Tetsuo Saito says teams were working to get the airport back to normal as quickly as possible. Regarding runways A, B and C, I have received reports that we are working on the ground to make them ready for use as soon as possible by tomorrow or even today. It's been a while since we had a proper sporting sensation, but the world of darts has delivered in the last few weeks. Luke Littler is a 16-year-old darts sensation who's been on an incredible run, so much so that for the first time in many years, darts is front-page news. He faced Luke Humphreys on Wednesday night in the final of his first-ever world darts competition, but it was a step too far, with the new world number one Humphreys winning out. He had nothing but praise for his young opponent, though. Luke has been an unbelievable talent, not just about the dartboard he has been fantastic of all the media you know he's come about with him he took the feet so well there he said go on and you know celebrate you know he's one of the best players in the world there is no doubt about that This weekend sees the Golden Globes take place in Beverly Hilton Hotel and Barbie is leading the charge with nine nominations. But there's been controversy over the Oscars who don't announce their nominations until January 23rd. The producers of Barbie have been pitching it for an original screenplay nomination, but because it's based on a real-life doll, they've had to switch to adapted screenplay, even though it's an original script. Margot Robbie explained to The Hollywood Reporter this week how she made the case for the movie in the first place. Pitching it, I was like... 
If you pair, like when you pair Spielberg with dinosaurs, what do you get? A billion dollars. You pair <laughs> Greta and Barbie, we're gonna make a billion dollars. Thank God, because then I was like, God, I hope this works out. <laughs> just promised everyone a billion dollars. You've been listening to the Smart Seven. We'll be back tomorrow at 7 a.m. Hit that follow button and have a great day. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.